I am talking to you. Here I am. Hey everyone, welcome to Repeater. This is a uh, special, you know, COVID-19 edition of the podcast. Maybe we'll do a few of these. I am Evan. And I'm Pat. And we are in our separate apartments in Brooklyn and Queens recording this remotely. Pat, how are you doing? I'm good. I was just going to say, I think this is the first time we've ever uh, not been face to face for one of these. That is very true. Lacking a certain chemistry that we normally have when we can see each other's eyes. (laughs) Yeah. So strap in for a, a boring, boring, not heartfelt episode. No, just a different kind of chemistry, buddy. Yeah, yeah, true. But yes, we are we are doing what everyone is doing, which is we are staying inside, staying in our residencies. In fact, uh, Pat, I don't think I've seen you since this whole thing really broke out, since people have been working from home. Yeah, it's been... I don't remember the last time I saw you, to be honest. I also don't remember what day of the week it is, so... It could have been yeah. last week that I saw you. It could have been six months ago. Who Honestly, who knows? Yes, in this time of every day is a week. Yeah, absolutely. But um, how have you been? You know, I would say all things considered, pretty good. Um, We are very lucky to be in the position we're in. Um, You know, have a good apartment, jobs that allow us to work remote. Um, And I think we've been very much uh, reflecting on that, reflecting on the privilege of being able to pretty easily transition from working in an office to working at home. So, you know, all things considered, we're good. How about you guys? Yeah, uh, same boat, basically doing pretty well. Um, Lucky enough to be able to work from home. And yeah, maybe uh, listeners don't realize, but they're realizing it now. Uh, Pat and I are both saying we, because we are, neither one of us is exactly self-isolating. We are merely social distancing with our partners. We are lucky to be able to live with another person and another person who does not hate us. Yeah. (laughs) Yet, at least. <laughs> I think that has made it a lot more bearable. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and we have a cat, so that's been a, a helpful um, addition to the calming efforts that we've put in place. Yeah, that is great. Um, I know that right now we wish we had a dog, but we do not have any pets because our landlord will not allow them. Yeah. Well, I did hear that New York is um, not running out. Maybe that's not the right word, but... Uh, Basically, there's not enough dogs to foster now uh, because a lot of them have been taken into foster homes, which is like really exciting. Yeah, I heard the same thing. Very cool. People are picking up pets. It's interesting watching how coping happens in a scenario like this. Um, And I'm curious what it's like across the country. Uh, I think in New York, it's a very unique situation or... You know, and I'm sure it's similar in different big cities, Um, but, you know, people taking in dogs is dogs and cats is really great. Uh, The sort of upswing of video chats, um, honestly, even upswing of pandemic podcasts, uh, I think it's really putting people into a perspective of like understanding uh, how to connect or what they need to take care of themselves. So it's been really interesting to uh, watch that evolve. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, people are doing all sorts of interesting things. Uh, it's cool. I almost wonder, you know, hopefully we can get 
through this in good enough condition as a country. And I, I wonder if some of this stuff will stick a little bit, you know, whether that is reaching out to groups of friends to have like a chat with them uh, once or twice a month or something, or yeah. even just kind of like appreciating being home more. I am definitely in the category of New Yorker who spends a lot of time out, likes to be out, likes to do those things. I also enjoy being at home, but probably take my home life a little bit more for granted. And, you know, now it's the whole thing. So really kind of settling into cooking at home and routine of keeping the place clean and making sure it's set up in a way that's really livable and workable and not just a place to fall asleep, which I think is a common New York apartment thing. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm excited to see if that kind of sticks around. I've also been, um, you know, I've been listening to, I think, things differently as well. Uh, This is a music show. So folks, we will talk about music at some point. But um, it's been interesting. Like uh, my podcast, I think have dropped way off and music has gone way up, uh, partially because I don't have that as much in between time with any commutes, you know? Yeah, no, it's the same for me. Like commuting was my primary uh, reading and podcast time. And now my commute is about five feet to a desk. So not much podcast time uh, in there. Yeah, that is uh, tricky. So, you know, good for us and everyone else who's making more podcasts than ever before with no time for people to listen to them. (laughs) But I think it'll be a cool archive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And you, you said something I thought was interesting is that uh, you're listening to music differently. Uh, What did you mean by that? I just think I'm listening to more right now because Mm -hmm. I'm sitting at home, have more access to, you know, obviously I have like Spotify and that's available at my office and things like that. But with more time just sitting and less on the go bouncing around, I have more kind of extended periods of time to listen to things. I can also jump into my iTunes for anything that maybe Spotify doesn't have. And also I'm listening to my vinyl more because it's in the same room I work in now. And it's very easy to walk over there and throw on a record. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I'm sure many people are experiencing this, but like sort of the rise of like the tag your friends Instagram story games. Uh, And somebody tagged me in a um, pull your seventh record challenge or whatever. Um, And these are records that sit in the living room. I see them every day. And I pulled out the seventh record and it was a Don Caballero record, uh, who's like a early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s math rock band. Uh, Completely forgot I had Mm -hmm. this record. Uh, And it kind of like set off this whole like nostalgia of like, oh yeah, let me go back and listen to all of that. Oh yeah. Which, you know, it was mostly provided by Spotify. But um, that was like a cool little uh, treat for somebody else to remind me like, hey, you have this thing already. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had a deep nostalgia dive on... Thursday and Friday, for some reason, I thought it would be fun to ask Twitter what the best Blink-182 song was. There we go. And so people started replying and throwing their choices into the the mix. And then as I was kind of like evaluating people's choices and thinking or like listening to them again, I realized that I sort of had to have a pick as well. Like I sort of needed to have a choice. And since I asked the question, I figured I should probably go back and listen to a bunch of Blink-182 and determine what the best Blink-182 song is. 
So that was fun. Um, it was also interesting to like revisit a band that I have a complicated relationship with in terms of they really suck sometimes and <laughs> other things are just like so etched into my teenage heart that it's impossible to get them out. Yeah. So it was kind of a cool little exploration to figure out the best Blink-182 song, um, which is pathetic from Dude Ranch. Nice. But if anyone wants a full episode on that journey... I am happy to do it. <laughs> yes, let's get a, a mini-series audio episodes of uh, Evan's journey through Blink-182. It'd be funny to to just do something where we break down like our favorite song by a band, an artist, side projects of said artist, or anything like that, yeah. one at a time. Yeah, that would be cool. Who knows, now that we have time on our hands. <laughs> yeah, use all that time for commuting to... Uh you know, go back and dive into the Finch catalog. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> they dropped off hard, man. They, yeah, they dropped off they real did. hard. It's actually the first show I ever went to, or like the first like cool like punk show I ever went to was um, Finch and Snapcase. I was supposed to see Catch-22 the night before, but this kid's dad who was going to drive us uh, bailed last minute and was like, I can't go tonight, but I'll take you to the show tomorrow. Uh, it was a weird... It's a weird night. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Finch a couple times. Um, they were very bad live. They couldn't really <laughs> play what they were supposed to play. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, did you, speaking of nostalgia, did you see that best, like, top 100 emo songs of all time list? No, I did not. Oh, my goodness. Talking about, like, dredging up things I haven't thought about since college. Uh, Vulture put out a list of their 100 greatest emo songs. And... um it's worth like the intro to that article is probably a half an hour read it's very in-depth it's quite long but it is absolutely a really beautiful intro and description of like the evolution of what emo was or is um Mm -hmm. and sort of how it kind of became labeled as this you know and i'm sure you remember this but nobody ever wanted to be labeled emo they're like no we're not an emo band we're a rock band uh and then, you know, it, it goes into these 100 different songs. Some of them I've heard, some of them I'd never heard before, uh, or some of them were just names that you always heard reference, but never heard the songs. Uh, and it was really cool. It's like a wide variety of things like, um, you know, Rights of Spring are in there who sound a little more hardcore. Uh, surprise, surprise, American football's in there. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like a really cool variety. Um it's definitely worth going into. And they also put together a Spotify playlist of all those songs too. Oh, that's cool as hell. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Speaking of best songs, another thing that I've been doing, and I've been doing this slowly, but now that I've had more time, I've been kind of catching up and I'm almost done doing this. So speaking of Spotify, best songs, uh, I started doing this thing at the beginning of 2019, January 2019, where I got Spotify Premium for the first time. And I've been trying to buy into what the actual model of Spotify is, which is that they want you to listen to playlists, they want to suggest stuff to you, they want you to listen to the stuff they suggest, etc, etc. So one of those places where they do that is your Discover Weekly playlist. So I've been trying for the whole year, tried to do a good job of listening to my Discover Weekly playlist and saving the songs I liked from that into monthly playlists. And so what I've been doing now is going back through all 12 months from 2019 and saving everything to a top Spotify of 2019 playlist. Mm -hmm. And 
that's been interesting because it's sort of been like going back through this musical journey of 2019. And yeah, it's 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 interesting. Some of the styles have like shifted a little bit as it's gone on. I definitely was either better at listening in the second half of the year or they were better at giving me songs I liked in the second half of the year because the monthly count of songs has gone like steadily up huh. over the course of the year. Like how many that I would save in a given month. Yeah. Or a given week, rather. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm sure that, like, you, by, like, leaning into the algorithm, it was, you were basically just helping train their model for you. Like, you were doing the work that they wanted you to do. Yeah, well, I think that's probably what most passive listeners are doing on there, you know, which is probably most people. Um yeah. And it is. It's like, yeah, it seems like their algorithm gets a little bit better, but it's also... It's, it's interesting because if you asked me what I listened to last year, I would have a hard time nailing it down. And I think that's also their goal. So I listened to a lot of great songs by a lot of great artists, but because I didn't listen to those artists that many times over and over again, mm -hmm. it's hard for me to like tell you all their names because I have a song here and a song there by maybe them, but then they go away and instead I get a song that sounds like them, but is by a different artist. So it really kind of like spreads out the love and spreads out the listening. And aside from artists that I maybe already had heard of or artists that ended up being put on multiple playlists over the year. It's not that I didn't discover anyone, but it's hard like off the top of my head to remember them, which is part of why I'm doing the playlists so that maybe I can kind of get it down to one shorter playlist and I'll see like, oh, this artist was on here three times and I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Or, well, this artist is great. Let me definitely get their album and make sure I listen to that a ton. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. I usually have a hard time with the Discover Weekly because... Um... It does like a good job of like pulling in things that I like, that I enjoy, like just scrolling through mine right now. Um, you know, there's like Mount Erie and Snowing and Parquet Courts um, and Jets to Brazil and Turnstile and Dillinger 4. Uh, so like things I've either listened to or would enjoy listening to where I kind of fall off is that sometimes like, like as an example, it'll play Julian Baker. So something that's really quiet. And not really, the playlist doesn't seem to sort itself in a way where the next song is equally as quiet or like, you know, is trying to slowly ramp up the playlist to the faster things, um, which maybe I'm yeah, they're asking not great too much. Playlists. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. So that's where I have a hard time with them. Yeah, I get that for sure. One of the other things I think that uh, is tough about it is it gives me a lot of stuff that I like, but not a lot of stuff I love. Yeah. Like, it's very like, hey, you like this genre, right? Here's some bands in that genre, but it's not hitting that many home runs, you know? Yeah, I think I get the same thing where it's like, you can tell that it's tangentially related or why they pulled it in, but I don't remember... Usually when I'm listening to it, like I'll have it playing through a smart speaker and I feel like it's only a handful of times that I like stop to ask what the song that is currently playing is. So yeah, I would agree with that. But I think like going off of how uh, listening has changed um, and I've always been a little bit like this, but I think I've been more uh, active in trying to make sure that I'm purchasing from the artists that I'm enjoying mm -hmm. and part of that is like I have like my record shelf is basically full so when it comes to band t-shirts I have too many like that's just true and I know it um so trying to like turn to well how do, you know can I buy from your band camp can I buy your digital EP 
Um, and that's been interesting yeah. because a lot of the time there, it's sometimes I'll go through and just buy an artist's entire catalog, um, which, you know, can be like three e- digital EPs. And for the bands I've been buying from, it's usually like pay what you want, which is very helpful. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I've never been great at like playlists. Um, and I think like over the past couple of weeks, uh, especially working from home all the time, that's something I'm slowly getting back into um is like are like creating a library of things and you know not just relying on spotify to be where i'm doing all of my listening yeah i mean i think that's awesome it's it's tricky you know today's landscape is so different i think people have really gotten away from that and to some degree it's sort of like the inevitable march forward of digital music but in other ways yeah it's nice to curate your own stuff and that definitely is not going to be going away either yeah and it's nice to like be able to say that you own something like with spotify premium it's nice that you can download a playlist and like listen to something before you buy it but what was it i think it was last friday Bandcamp um waived all of their uh revenue shares that they yeah when you purchase um so i went in and i bought like i bought a lot of music last week (laughs) and uh like it's nice to have like the mp3s in a folder and like be able to put them on my phone and you know not have to rely on like a subscription service for those songs um you know then it gets like the way that i think about things is like well am i like chipping the artist from streaming revenue that they would get but they're not making that much off of streaming no in the five dollars i spent you know they probably made more than if i listen to that album for like a week straight yeah almost definitely yeah yeah i jumped on that Bandcamp sale too and got some stuff it was really great really nice of them to do because yeah a lot of artists are obviously hurting right now because touring is such a big part of their revenue and they're not able to do that so even if they can do it later in the year you know maybe half their revenue third of the revenue is going to be gone for the year especially with the summer coming up so it's kind of an important time right now to see if we can support musicians and other you know touring artists throughout this time yeah and it was cool to see because like the Bandcamp website was not handling it well which was no yeah it was like super slow and i think you were saying things were disappearing from your cart oh yeah it was brutal but it worked eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough for me to... I just did a count. I think I ended up buying like 24 albums. Um, you know, nice. EPs and things. But... Oh no, that's my most played. Let's see. I think it ended up being that people spent something like four and a half million dollars that day. In one day. Yeah. It was huge. Really, I mean, like an amazing gesture both on part of Bandcamp but also on the part of all the people buying stuff that day. Yeah. I think I bought like 21. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. I like, I bought all of Gouge Away stuff. I bought all of Spanish Love Song stuff. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. Things I've been meaning to buy for a while. Oh, yeah. I have some friends in Boston who released an album that week. The band is called The Furniture. They're a rock band. They're pretty cool. So I bought their stuff. Um, I bought, bought our buddy Boy Brooks's whole catalog who we've had on the show before, Brooks Allison. He did uh, our la- our last live show, I think. Yeah, and I heard he had um, the song of the year for 2019. So that's yeah, like he had crazy the that we had 2019 song of the year on the show. Yes, yes, yes. That is that is Brooks. And um, what did I get? Sampa the Great, who's a 
fantastic artist out of Australia. I got her latest album, and I also got the latest album from Sudan Archives, who is out of LA, I think. She's very cool. And then I I got something else. I can't remember what it was, though. Yeah, I'm like scrolling through mine, and I'm not even sure which one to be like, everybody listen to this. (laughs) But if you go to Bandcamp, I think it's just bandcamp.com slash Pat Cartelli. I mean, I think there's probably something for everybody in my list. Because I have a, I mean, my wish list is like 500 albums long, and it's like a weird combination of like jazz and funk. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I'll just promote my Bandcamp profile so I can get more followers. Check out Pat's Bandcamp profile. <laughs> Check out my Bandcamp profile. There's good shit in there. You know, we're both avid Bandcamp users. Yeah. I also actually picked up um, the album from Erica Frias. Frias? Fries? I don't know how to say her last name. Erica. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, Erica uh, plays guitar in Reviver. Oh, yeah. And they've been... I think they work for Specialist Subject Records, who's a label in Bristol in the UK. Um, And they've been doing cool, like, Instagram live streams of, you know, like, getting... uh, Who's played on there? Well, Erica played on there. I think Jeff did a couple of songs on... Jeff Rosenstock did a couple of songs on there. Mm -hmm. But I had never heard uh, Erica's solo stuff, and it's, like, really cool acoustic singer-songwriter-y kind of things. Um... Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really fun. I would check that out. Yeah, that that sounds like a good one. I've heard, Yeah, I've heard a lot of good stuff lately and no big recommendations. I think I'm kind of holding on to some stuff for once I finish that best of 2019 playlist. You know, at some point it should happen relatively <laughs> soon given the pace of work. Yeah. But um, on vinyl, it's been cool because I have similarly been like finding records I sort of forgot about that I had like just today I was listening to Janet Jackson's Control which I totally forgot that I owned and that was a very cool thing to find and listen to today but like a decent amount of R&B and soul in there and so that's been kind of like nice sort of good any time of day music yeah I I was telling you or I guess this was Twitter, but in a way I was telling you, I was thinking about reorganizing my record shelf because uh, in staring mm-hmm. at it, I realized that most of the, I would say most of the records that I have are not like um, like party friendly or like when people are over friendly. Uh, so I'm trying to like, I need to go through and just sort of rearrange some of the shelves so that like the top shelf can be like the calm indie rock or jazz and whatever. Uh, and then take like the math rock or the one or two heavy metal albums I have and keep those at the bottom so that when, you know, when we're allowed to uh, leave the apartment or I'm alone in the apartment, I can throw those on uh, and not like assault anybody's ears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I like that notion of organizing. I think I'm very indecisive about organizing records as well, because in my mind, it's like I kind of want it to go by genre. I kind of just want it to be alphabetical. I really don't know. Yeah, that's why I just tried to do like by mood, like what's going to be yeah. safe like for everybody else who was not privy to this conversation. I have mine. It's one of those IKEA Kallax shelves. Uh, and mm-hmm. the top shelf is like, you know, a safe bet for anybody that comes over. The middle one gets a little more like, I don't want to call it adventurous, but like. That's one that I have, like, the mountain goats on. Like, you know, not everybody's going to be cool with uh, tape hum coming from a vinyl record. And then the bottom shelf is, like, 
like uh, when I saw Godspeed a couple years ago, the act that opened, it was like a baritone guitar through like 20 guitar pedals and a baritone saxophone. And all I could describe <laughs> it was it sounded like huge industrial freighting ships, like freighter ships in the night. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I really, I have no idea if I like this record, but I thought it was interesting enough to at least purchase. Uh, that's sure. That's on the bottom shelf. That makes sense. <laughs> I get that. Well, yeah. So I guess that's what we've been doing lately. The other thing is, you know, aside from releasing a couple of live shows, we haven't put out many podcasts lately. And so let's, you know, catch some people up if they're curious about what we've been up to in our lives. Uh, Pat, what have you been doing for the last, you know, 10 months? Yeah, um, I think for both of us, not to entirely speak for you, but I think, you know, lives changed a bit and things got a little busy. Um, yeah. I was between work for a little bit, uh, which was, you know, Same. Not, not fun, but we made it through it. Uh, I got a job that I'm very happy with. I'm working for a company called Gym Pass, so I'm getting people... I'm designing an app to get people fit and out to the gym, but not out to the gym, not out to the gym right now. Please stay at home and be (laughs) safe. Stay home. Um, But yeah, that kind of took over uh, in kind of crazy ways. Um, It's great. I love it. Um, The company is based in Brazil, which is really cool. Um, Oh, yeah. So I was able to go down to Sao Paulo uh, in December of 2019. I was down there for two weeks. which was kind of crazy. Like even, you know, that feeling like when you know you're traveling the next day and you're like, well, tomorrow I'm going to be in California. Yeah. It was very hard for me to contemplate, uh, oh, next week I'm going to be in Brazil. Because uh, it was right after Thanksgiving, um, right before Christmas. It's a weird time to do a huge trip like that. Um, but it was really cool. And I was down there for two weeks, which, um, talking about privilege, it was a really intense, uh, self-reflection period of understanding what was able to get me there and what it meant for me to be there. Um, and, you know, I can't speak to the politics of Brazil, but, uh, I would say there's very similar things happening there at maybe bigger scales, um, So that was really interesting and um, kind of eye-opening to be able to witness. Um, But everybody there was so lovely. I ate so much uh, and everybody just wanted to show me around, which was cool. Um, But I actually, I I was texting you from a show that I went to. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. One of my coworkers had suggested... um, she sent me this like Facebook screenshot and you know, the whole gig poster was in Portuguese and I was like, I don't know what any of this says. So I tried to like, uh, translate some of it and I saw that it said shoegaze and I was like, Oh, cool. That could be kind of fun. Um, and one of the bands was described like the one that Google translate did the best with described them as, um, shoegaze meets thrash. And I was like, Okay. Those are, you're speaking my language now. Like, that's (laughs) such a cool combination. So, um, and that coworker ended up, you know, not being able to make it, uh, which was fine. I was like, I've gotten the shows alone. This will be fine. The only difference is nobody speaks English. That'll be fine. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so I took a cab over, and um, it's this place called Heavy House. Um, they do like a lot of DJ nights, a lot of like electronic music. Um, but like walking up to it, even like the bouncer was like, we're not doing electronic, there's no DJs tonight. And I was like, no, that's fine. I'm here for the bands. Uh, it was cool. Like I walked in and it was one of those, it could have been in Brooklyn, you know, like you walk in, the walls are covered in yeah. graffiti and whatever, and stuff's just kind of shoved into a corner. Um, and it was so much fun. I saw three bands, um, which if you all are listening, I apologize for how I'm about to butcher your names. <laughs> um, the first one was called Eliminador Zinho, uh, which I think means Little Eliminator, um, which is a cool... I like that name. Uh, they were Very the ones cool that name. were described described as like thrash shoegaze. Um they were a lot of fun. Um, and then like, so they were more like rock and roll kind of loud and like jumping around and they were like a pit opened up. Um, yeah. The second band was called Terra Plana, Plana, Terra Plana, uh, which that mm-hmm. translates to flat earth. They were a lot of fun. Oh yeah, dude. That was, yeah, yeah. They were cool. It was like really kind of smoky and like, um, that was like really, really shoegazy and um, really moody, and that was cool. And then the last band was called um, Adorable Cliche, um, and they were cool. That was like more on the poppy spectrum for shoegaze, um, but it was cool to like be in a venue like five thousand miles from home, and you know somebody in front of me turned around and asked me something, and I was like, I I don't speak Portuguese. I'm sorry. And he went, oh, no, that's cool. <laughs> Where are you from? And I told him New York. And he was like, oh, cool. Well, you picked a good night to come here. Um, and, you know, you know, very quickly made some friends and watched this show. Uh, it was great. Nice, man. It was like, yeah, it was like feeling like home being really far away. Right. That's such a good feeling. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and then I bought all of their merch because I was like, I, <laughs> I have to. I have to. You have to. That's a must. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, and, you know, being in Brazil was great, but, like, that was definitely, like, the peak moment of being there. Um, so, hopefully, uh, I don't know if you've seen this before, but for, like, on Against Me's Instagram posts, you'll see people going, when are you coming to Brazil? Uh, I've now become <laughs> I've now become the, the jerk to these Brazilian bands going, when are you coming to New York? <laughs> Hey, you got to be that jer- that jerk, <laughs> that New York jerk. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, if they are able to make it, we'll definitely put let all you guys know. You should go out. Um, you should go out to everybody we suggest you listen to. But uh, we'll make an extra Everyone. effort if you're from Brazil. <laughs> yeah, we will absolutely throw down. That's exciting. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, as I chimed in uh, towards the beginning of you chatting there, I. Uh, I similarly like had some job upheaval last year, got a new gig working for a tutoring company. I also help out with some kids and it's all in Greenpoint, uh, Brooklyn, which is also where I moved last year. So Pat and I, for the first time, do not live both in Astoria, which I think I might've said something about that on one of the live shows, but, um, you know, we got a little bit of distance between us now, Pat. Yeah. We'll just take more time to process. What? Just, what? You need more time? 
I, no, I think I'll be okay. But yeah, I think you'll be fine. But um, yeah, other than that, you know, kind of same old, same old, doing a lot of improv and sketch stuff, comedy stuff, which is my general time consumer. And um, yeah, you know, er- earlier this year, I got put on uh, a sketch and an improv team at UCB in New York. And now there are no shows. Those theaters are closed. So that kind of uh, was exciting and is now a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. So, you know, looking for other creative outlets, which is always fun. And um, went to a bunch of shows probably over the last year. Never as many as I want to go to. But the last show I went to, I went to with you, Pat. Yeah. That was, well, yeah. Okay. That was the last time I saw you then. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. The last show uh, we got to go together, which was awesome. Uh, I just got to see our friends in proper. Yeah. And that was your first time seeing them, right? That was my first time seeing them. And that was really a great show. It was really cool. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And it was Tasha's birthday. Uh, Tasha plays uh, bass in proper. Uh, so it was cool to watch the crowd shout happy birthday at her pretty much every song. <laughs> yeah. And then the uh, the headliners were Iron Sheik, which was so much fun. They're always so good. Yeah. They're just a powerhouse, you know, punk band and they kick ass. Yeah. And I'm sure you know this, but in case you don't, you know that Iron Sheik is like uh, Reviver adjacent. Yes, I am aware. So yeah, I feel like you get the similar vibes uh, that, you know, Long Island power, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, that's kind of like what we've been up to. And now we're piloting this... um, new phase i think of repeater maybe we'll see if we can get some guests on somehow maybe we'll see if we want to structure some cool episodes maybe we'll do some dives into some music that we've been digging any other bright ideas pat uh let's see let's see let's see we could we could remote interview people we could oh we should do one of those like uh viral videos where we you play one guitar i play a different one and then like yeah uh we layer it so it's like eight different videos of just the two of us um and we can do you know cool song covers like that um that's that's my only idea because it's my best idea (laughs) yeah we will become viral uh like tiktok instagram stars by the next time you hear from us Uh, i hope so god i hope so (laughs) you know i have been um playing a little bit more music now that i've got downtime pat i don't know about you but that has been something that has been filling time. I have been. I signed up for Fender Play to try to uh, convince myself to do lessons and like actually take a structured approach, um, which I have not used yet, even though I signed up for it two weeks ago. Uh, but I did start learning some Tom Petty, so that's been fun. Nice. Have you been learning anything in particular? In particular, I've been trying to learn... Well, on guitar, it's very easy, but trying to like learn, uh, you know, the lyrics and singing um, Harvest Moon. Great Neil oh, Young yeah. song. Uh, I realized that I remembered At Your Funeral by Saves the Day. So nice. I'm playing that a little bit and trying to think what else. Just kind of like picking stuff up here and there. I'm also finally working through a book that my brother got me several years ago. That's like a finger picking blues book. So I'm just very early on in trying to learn how to figure pick blues so nice i have a book here um that's for hybrid picking which is where um you hold a pick between your thumb and forefinger and then your remaining three mm-hmm. fingers you finger pick with yeah yeah it's not easy it doesn't sound easy but i can see how it would be helpful <laughs> yeah 
Uh, so yeah, um, we'll try to do some more of these. We'll try to uh, incorporate anything people want to hear about that's going on. You know, uh, send us ideas. We are at Repeater Show on Instagram and Twitter. That's the best way probably to get in touch with us. You can also email if that's more your thing. Hello at Repeater Show. Anything else, Pat? Uh, no. I mean, stay inside, stay safe. Um, yeah, and I think just. Uh, in the context of the world we're living in right now, and if you listen to this in the future when this is all over, I think it's a good thing to just say, uh, stay in touch with your friends, check in on people. Um, you know, for I know for me that music is a very important thing to have around, and it's very comforting. Uh, but also friendships are good to maintain. So just reach out to people. Absolutely. Reach out to people. Uh, help each other get through this. And if you can, help support artists. They're having a tough time right now. And one of the best things you can do is buy their music. So please do that. Yeah, a really easy way um, I would suggest is... uh, So something, maybe you saw it, Evan, but uh, when I first started working from home, I started a thread on Twitter of uh, what I've been listening to during the quarantine. And so I just do a tweet of the artist, the album, the album art, and their Bandcamp link if it's available on Bandcamp. Um, you know, it's very easy to just do the share from Spotify. It's also very easy to look up the artist's name and then add Bandcamp at the end. Usually you'll be able to find their Bandcamp or, you know, the label that they're on. Um, if you can get people to buy through Bandcamp, I think that's a really helpful thing to do because uh, they'll make a little bit more money than they would um not a little bit. They'll make a lot more money than they would if you just stream it. So that's what I would suggest. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, if you're listening to anything, you know, share it with the people that follow you. Share it with us. We're always interested in finding new stuff and finding out what people are listening to. So I think, Pat, what you're doing there by having, having that like cool thread of good songs, um, everybody should do that. I think that's cool as hell. Yeah, word of mouth is really valuable as well. Yeah, I will say that in my 2019 Spotify algorithm following world, still the best albums that probably stuck with me that during that year were just recommended to me by friends. Yeah. It's hard to beat. Yeah, take that, computers. Suck it, computers. <laughs> okay, I think that about does it for today. Yeah, it's a um, good ending everybody, <laughs> thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, stay safe. We'll see you next stay time. Bye bye. Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford-Barden and Patrick Cartelli. Visit us online at repeater.show for live dates, hot music tips, and show archives. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. Great job, Pat.